I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, where we have a win to talk about. Looking like one-one, perhaps for a little while, or maybe not. We could get the, first, uh, the second goal in the first half, didn't we? Um, well, we you know, we equalised quite quickly as well. So. Mm. so we'll talk about the parts of the game. We'll talk about Rochdale as well, who we are playing tomorrow night. So a lot to get through. Going to dive straight in. We're joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, and Gareth Barker. Is Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo? Good evening for your first appearance of the season with us. Yeah, I've been hiding away until the 1-1 stuff. Hiding away doing your own podcast, you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well. Inspirational, Stephen, aren't we, really? Influencers. Are, I mean, there's about say. 50 Sunderland podcasts now. Mm. To be fair, we weren't the first one. No, but we were the, long, we're the longest running. <laughs> is, that the th- is that the thing? Yeah. Let's not go, it, yeah. sounds, it sounds like we're just showing off now, isn't it? It's not, it's not it's really nothing to be proud of, really. I'd hardly think that's showing <laughs> yeah, off, really. Yeah. It's just the way, way, sad, yeah, exactly. sad action, tragic, but nothing really, better. If you think about it. <laughs> yeah. tragic people. I know. It should, be able, it should be able to type and say, all right, let's, let's maybe take a back seat there and just stop talking rubbish. Let somebody else do let's, it. Yeah, let other people talk rubbish. Why not? Nah. Uh, <laughs> well, tell you what wasn't rubbish, the result on Saturday. No, it uh, wasn't. This, this was a game. I, I don't think I spoke to one Sunderland fan going into this game who thought we were going to win um, I think there's you're trying to think now if you predicted we'd win there, aren't you no I mean I, so you kept that prediction to yourself if you did think that I said you know a few weeks ago the the stigma of the 1-1s is a bit of an issue in that in isolation a draw against Ipswich a draw against Portsmouth would probably be seen as over the course of a season decent as long as you beat you know Wimbledon and Rochdale teams like that so but because of the pressure that's been on everyone it was really important that they did win the game and we started pretty I would say we were a bit loose a bit slack and they were a bit fortunate with the goal I mean it looks like a mistake live but like when you watch it back Powers, to be fair, has tackled him and it's just ran. He's kept running and it's gone right into his path. And they actually recovered reasonably well to try and block it out. And then it's just, you know, the break of the ball's gone their way. Um, but you know, once we once we'd kind of got that silliness out of the way, you know, I thought we took control of the game and they look worse. I mean, people have been saying, you know, we haven't been great this season, but they look worse than last year. And they weren't great in a couple of occasions when we played them last year, but they look worse. They don't look as solid um, and they don't look as potent. Um, so if you're looking at them as, you know, people were tipping Portsmouth to be alongside ourselves 
um, top two material, we do look better than them. Um, on, so on how much of this showing. then? But th- then, you know, it's three games. How much of this then was down in the old formation? We'll go back. We'll go back to that, Phil. Um, but I, uh, I went Akriton last week and Jordan Willis and Alan Turk playing centre-half. I don't think anybody who was at that game um, would have thought anything other than those two need to play in a pair, in a back four together from now on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think... And I think that's why I'd actually fancied them to win before the game, but I, I certainly did once I saw the team sheet because it was just one of those where you just look at the side and think, that's a good side, pretty much fully fit. I think it's one of the few so far this season where I don't think anyone could really quibble with any of the decisions he made. And the key thing was I thought the partnerships were right all over the pitch, and that's the big thing. Ledbetter in power, when they play like that, are a very good partnership. Ozturk and Willis. McNulty, although he went off injured, we've already seen how well he links up with Maguire and McGeady. So, partly it's the formation. Defensively, they look a lot more secure and a lot more certain. They seem to understand their jobs better, and the defenders actually seem more comfortable with more responsibility, if that makes sense. Willis seems to thrive on having a bit, having the challenge of being one of two centre-backs and having to take on a lot of pressure rather than being one of three. But I think it's, so it's partly formation, I think partly just combinations, having Maguire and McGeady, for example, fully fit to start a game um, in, the way they, in the way they link up. So I think the big thing is you look at that team and you look at those partnerships, and we probably all have, including the manager, have a much better idea about where to go moving forward, and that's almost as important as getting the three points. Well, talk us through, so people who weren't there then, so exiles and listeners who weren't at the game, and they rely on us to give them uh, our analysis after the game, talk us through how, how the how the shape was, who played where. Well, Maguire played off as a second striker. He was, yeah. It wasn't quite 10, but he was more of a second striker. Was it more four four two than four two three one? I would say so. I would say it was it was more four four two than four. It was like a four four one one. Remember, mm. under Keane, we used to often play like a four four one one. It was similar to that sort of thing. Um, you know, we'd actually discussed on previous podcasts about people like Maguire and McGeady, and I made the point about we've got to play. In my opinion, if Maguire's fit, he plays because of the goals we've lost out the team. Then he he will score goals. He'll create goals. Um, and obviously McGeady, you know, has to start anyway. And it was good that, you know, to see, we talked about who's going to play in that sort of 10 position, if you will, or the second striker, support striker, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's funny now, you know, we played all that pre-season with a 3-4-3. Where's Honeyman fit into that? Honeyman was playing in that 10 position in the 4-2-3-1 or whatever you want to call it again when we played that system last year and we are kind of saying, well, in, that, in the system, if we played the 3-4-3, where's Honeyman going to play? Now we've gone back. Again, with Honeyman not being there, it's given Maguire the opportunity to go into that space. And I think, personally, like, he's the best player we've got at the club to play in that position. And I think it it really did work. I thought he was excellent, Maguire. I mean, there was a lot of really good performances for him. I'm sure you agree. And you could name loads of them, couldn't you, really? Stand out. I, absolutely. I mean, Maguire, for me, is... I don't want to say the key because that's over in it, but the difference between the way he plays that role and any other player in the squad plays that role is massive. And the way he takes the ball... In some ways, he was even more impressive in that Ipswich game because that was that was leadership, the way he played, yeah. the way he took the ball, the way he held it up, the way he took players on. And I always go back to the quote that Jack Ross makes, although it was really telling, which was after the Accrington game last year, which is the one he came on and made an absolutely huge difference in. 
And Jack said, when he plays like that, I will always pick him. And actually, he was talking today, and I, I asked Jack about whether he felt now he had his a better idea of his strongest eleven, given the last couple of performances. And Maguire was the first person he used as an example. And he said, there's a lot of players who are making it much easier for me at the moment. And he said, Chris is. And he said, because Chris's work rate, work rate and his work off the ball has been excellent in the last two games. And he says, if he does that, I will always pick him because, yes, he'll make mistakes on the ball. Yes, he might give it away every now and then, but I know he'll produce some quality. So I'll pick him as long as that other side of the game is there. So that's really encouraging that Maguire is fit and that also at the moment the application is, is obviously there because and this is where I mean I, I disagreed with Jack Ross obviously that a lot of attention that stuff about formations and being over egged but a lot of it is just down to the personnel you pick because two separate players will interpret the same role very differently and play very differently and Maguire and Honeyman are a classic example of that Honeyman's instinct is always to come and help his midfielders Maguire's instinct is always to get in the final third and there's absolutely no doubt that Sunderland are a much much better team when Chris Maguire is playing yeah. and playing well. And Saturday was just a, another example of that. And the Ipswich game was an even bigger example of that. Mm-hmm. I know there's a, there's a kind of a hanger to try and, if you were going to pick somebody in that whole position or, you know, the off striker position, people kind of talk about, well, surely McGeady could go there. Imagine the damage he would do there. But he's, he doesn't play that way. And he'd be picking the ball up too deep in that position at times as well. You want him high up the pitch. He seems a bit quicker, McGeady. His acceleration for the goal was... I can't remember him being as as fast as that over that short space of time. I mean, it, was the, it was the same at Accrington. You just kind of were waiting for him to play the pass and then yeah, he, he was just, just gone. He yeah. was past two. And you it was just amazing, kind of, that goal. It, yeah, it lies, absolutely wasn't it? fantastic. It, just, it was like watching Messi or something the way he just like, no, I'm going to keep going. Glided, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But, and, and just waltzed through the defence. But this is the other thing, cause I, I completely agree with you there, Gareth. But the other beauty of having, when we talk about formations versus personnel when you've got personnel like Maguire McGeady McNulty intelligent attacking players there's no reason why for 10 minutes in the game McGeady can't just come inside and see if there's any mm. openings from there and Maguire can drift out and that's the beauty of having and defenders inter- hate that defenders hate that yeah. well surely having, because it, players have, the limited level are played as a fullback you, you hate it because you, you spend most of your game trying to work out what your attacking player is going to do, and then you feel like you're just starting to suss them, and then somebody who plays entirely different, who's also dangerous, comes over and has a go. Yeah, it's it's and and we should be flexing our muscles like this. We've said it a lot of me. We've got these players, and we've looked so toothless. And do you think back to the Barnsley game last season, where actually it was almost like, no, we're just going to attack and believe in our attacking quality, and I think that's where a lot of fans see a, a failure or would question Jack Ross. Do we think he was? Feeling the pressure before this game, do we think you you have to you have to? You have to I know people talk about you know. He was speaking as if he was feeling the pressure, got, well, it, wasn't he? After everyone, the after the Accrington game in particular, everyone feels the pressure. It's how you handle the pressure, isn't it? And how you deal with it. That's the diff. That the, people who claim like they're not under pressure don't feel the pressure. It's talking garbage. Like the course is pressure. Like and it, it makes you do things. It's how you handle it. How. Can you take a step back and look at assess the situation and make a clear headed decision? That's that's about handling pressure, isn't it? To be fair to Jack Ross, he has got I feel he's got that air about him. I think he's made mistakes in times where, you know, the four four two thing last season was a prime example where people were on about playing it and he was like, Well, I don't play in four four two and then then it, about three games later we were playing four four two. Stuff like that. And it, that that they're the things that make you look a bit silly. Um, but I think generally he's he's got quite a cool head, hasn't he? 
he's never really. I know he snapped a band, not snapped a band. That's a bit harsh. He wasn't really a snap, but he certainly bit a little bit the comments about the the formation thing. And he was talking about you know you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't that sort of thing. Well, yeah, you are. But if you win, doesn't matter, does it? So you just got to keep winning. Mm. It's interesting because, but, but you know, you got you, you did say, "Oh, I don't play four four two. Don't do it." It is. We've said many times in the year, it can work, but it's all about personnel. And this is a, what goes back to what you said, Phil. Where it, actually, yes, it, it does matter what formation you play because we said the wing backs didn't work because we don't have good wing backs at the club. Equally, when you play four four two, and some of the games he was playing Ledbetter um, and McGeoch. I just thought you're going to struggle with it with those two midfield. Max Power, I feel, is important um, with his ability, I guess, to, to to move around the pitch a little bit more with, with Grant. Yeah, well, I, well, I think that's that's one of the things that I've I've liked so far, and why I'm feeling a lot better about the team. Feel it looks a lot settled because I've now seen Grant and Dylan play that deep lying role, if you like, and both do it pretty well. And I've watched George and Max be the more advanced midfielder, and I've watched them both have good performances. So that suggests to me that something good is happening on the training pitch because the players understand what's been asked of them. It's been communicated clearly. And he's got players who he can drop in and perform the same roles and we don't see you know, a lack of cohesion or a drop-off. So I think that's a, definitely in midfield is a big positive because from all four of those, we've seen good performances from each one of them. So yeah, I think it's it's, it's starting, to look, starting to look a lot more settled. But you're absolutely right in what you say. It makes a massive difference when you've got a midfielder who can really get about the pitch and, and mm. Dobson and Power have, have both got that I no. thought Power looked back to where he was last season to start he was he was really good against Sacrington I mean I thought he was good at the weekend but he was he really I thought he looked a long way above a lot of what was on the pitch that night really really controlled yeah. it he was fantastic but he, he you know he, when he came last year and he came in he started in, against Luton straight away he was excellent like and and it was only really that little after the Warsaw game, really, where he, you know, he um, dropped off a bit because of what happened to him with the, the three red cards. Obviously, the, the final one was rescinded. Um, but you know, you forget, don't you? We've got a lot of good players in in lots of areas. I mean, what, I thought White was had his best game for Sunderland when he came on. Like I thought he was excellent. Like he was, he did so many. Good things, what that you want your striker to do. Played well at Akron as well when he came on, didn't he? But he just looked sharper. Mm. They, they, to be fair, they all look like I was saying, McGee. They look quicker. Like I know, like we looked a bit sluggish at the start of the season. Maybe it's one of those where we just needed a couple of extra games to get up to the the levels that we need to be competing in competitive games in the league. And maybe we've we've got there now. We've had those extra three games. We got there sort of during the Akron game, and now we look. Sharper, um, I think McNulty's played a big part in that in forward areas. Obviously, he's going to be a little bit of a miss, but if if White comes on and replaces McNulty and does as well as he did, um, then then great. I mean, I bet Will Grigg was thinking, oh, but he's got to swing a battle for now, White, hasn't yeah. he? Because he's got Grigg and McNulty ahead yeah. of him, and if he thinks, well, he's not going to play a two up front now. Well, Grigg isn't ahead of him now, is he? He's well, obviously behind him now, so I think my personal it might view, depend on the game. I would say my personal view on the Grigg thing as well. Like, People are frustrated that he's not playing as well as he can and he'll be frustrated as well. I get that. I don't like it when someone comes on and basically every single 
thing to do is analysed and critiqued to the nth degree and that's where he is now. So if he doesn't run quick enough over 10 yards to chase a ball that he's never going to get, people are groaning. There was people doing like ironic cheers when he won a header, things like that. It's like, it's not helpful. It's not, it's, it's not helpful because he, if he's not playing well, the, the fact of the matter with Will Grigg is that he has scored. He is the Kevin Phillips of League One Like it, 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 uh, when, when Phillips was at his peak. So he's got it in to score the goals. If if he can get over this little bump and, and he, he he finds his feet, he will score lots of goals. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, a couple of a couple of things I would say on that. One is, and you know, I've seen in some places and read in some places that he doesn't care or that he doesn't want to be here. In my personal opinion, I don't think that's true at all. I've spoken to him a lot. He's a really smart guy, a grounded guy, but very driven, and I think really, really does want to succeed. And, and what you mentioned there about the the analysis, I think is probably true because that game at um, the Accrington game, I thought for the first half he played pretty well. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't constantly involved in the build-up play, but you wouldn't expect that from a striker of his type. He had a, a header that just went wide that was a clever little header. A really good little back heel from across it being overhit that just got turned out for a corner. If he wasn't in the rut he was in, that performance would never have been remarked upon because it was a poacher who almost scored a couple of goals and just didn't quite... So well, you need more from him, of course you do. And I don't think anyone would say that in the team that he should be in the eleven at the moment because McNulty's outperformed him. But I do think some some of the criticism has been too much, and I, I still still think he's got a lot of offer this season. It's a lot. It, we, I mean, we mentioned it. I know a few people commented. I mentioned it when we spoke to him when he signed, and people were saying, "Oh, you, you know, you're scaring him," sort of thing, with a comment he made about you know. You did start like saying, oh, well, you've never played for a club this big and you've got to understand what it's like and stuff well, like that. So it's your, it's, I'm waiting for him to blame you personally. <laughs> you know, like in years' time when he, 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 writes, his, he writes his autobiography. Yeah. And he's, I felt absolutely fine about signing for Sunderland until this guy from this podcast. Some loser from a from podcast. This, yeah, yeah, from this shit he, podcast. He's never done anything <laughs> in his life. He's telling me what to do. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, generally I think... People are beha- like people just wanting to succeed and wanting to do well, but it is. I do feel as though there's like a point of no return for certain for some players. And I don't think I don't very, think it's a lost cause. Yet. I'm not saying it's a lost cause because but it becomes, it, you're swimming against the, the, the tide. It becomes, I, I, sorry, he's going to have to score. I, I he's agree. Have to score ten I, and twenty. I, I no, I agree. But I think what what is in his favour is normally when we when we've seen a player. Um, who centre forwards who've struggled to turn it around? They've generally been playing for Sunderland, who were fighting relegation or the mid-table, or they're not very really good, or they're not creating chances. What I would say is, if Sunderland pick up momentum and start winning week after week, and it's a confident team, people will will start to overlook a little bit because it won't be as bothered because we're winning and we're scoring. He might then find some confidence and, and start just hitting the back of the net. You're, you know, when somebody's struggling a bit, when people start saying why well, he's fat, like that, when someone falls out of favour. People start commenting on things like, "Oh well, they're, they're not fit, they're overweight," and that's happened with Greg. I've seen people like making comments about him being oh, yeah. fat. He's really fat, like, isn't he? It was like it happened with Kazri. It's <laughs> that, like that terrifies me if that's, <laughs> my, if that's <laughs> what the <laughs> people, people, if that's what the profile is. It's happened with, happened with Kazri. It happened with Chris Maguire getting back. There was a photo of Chris Maguire. It's like, oh, he's fat. It's like what? He's fat. Like garbage. Like what a load of rubbish. Like it happened with Kazri. People calling Kazri fat. Like I know, I'm, like at the time, it was absolutely I think, laughable. I think the problem was that David Moyes was one of them, wasn't he? Well, <laughs> it tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? I remember seeing a photo of him in the airport, 
like when he signed for was it San Eliane he went to or and he looked like an Adonis I was like thinking people are calling him fat he joking but this is what happens it always happens well, when Paul Gascoigne played for Everton and he got called fat and he took his top off at the end of the game when he, he got man of the match against Sunderland he had a six pack <laughs> well, and everyone was calling him fat and saying he's past it and fat and stuff this is what happens like what, as soon as these things start like as soon as someone comes out falls out of form a high profile player someone who's contributed elsewhere or previously for the club and something starts to go wrong everything is analysed and I felt a little bit for him you know you run around you know and tried tried to chase the ball but he came on at a time when we were not back to the wall but we decided we were going to try and see it out try and see it yeah. out and we did which is great because back in the last season we were conceding a lot of late goals um, and we'd struggled to see out games off the course of the season hence all of the 1-1s um, so we did see it out um, and I think a lot of that is you know, we should come on to it is a lot of that was down to not just Jordan Willis who I thought I was obviously had his best game for Sunderland yet. But Alan Turk, who was excellent in the last season, and, you know, he should be start charging John Marcus rent because he's been in his back pocket for, you know, against Doncaster and at the weekend. I mean, two million quid for him. Never been convinced on him. People talk about what we paid for Greg, but when we were linked with him and I saw the money they wanted, I, ne- I never wanted us to go there personally. Mm. But he, he looked pretty average at the weekend but you know sometimes defenders make strikers look average you got nothing and it's the second time and you look at this we kept a clean sheet twice with, against Portsmouth at the end of last season and, and Ulsterk was instrumental and when he got sent off in the playoff semis I think people were sweating a bit that he would be available for the second leg because everyone wanted him in he was the first pick at the, in, in that central defensive position so he can find himself a little bit unlucky that he didn't start the season I think especially with Flanagan who's I think it's had a good start to his Sunderland career, a bit like Baldwin, but has definitely tailed off as time's gone on. And Ozturk came into it, and he's exact. Him and Willis as a partnership, I think, are probably the the perfect sort of two of the group that we've got, who will like feed off each other nicely in terms of the style of play. You've got Willis with a pace who'll sweep yeah. stuff up, and obviously, people have talked about his aerial prowess. Well, he certainly proved that the weekend. What an unbelievable header that was! fantastic delivery fantastic desire from Willis to get across clever finish I think he yeah, I, I couldn't stand who people who saw him in the first couple of games were a bit underwhelmed because obviously he arrived with quite a bit of hype because it was you know well known that championship clubs were trying to buy him and there was a lot of competition so that was a lot of set against that his opening performances weren't great but I just felt even in the last 15 minutes at Ipswich when someone had gone to a back four the game was very open. There were a few moments where Norwood who terrorised them all game. A couple of brilliant moments where he just shepherded the ball out of play, showed his pace, won a couple of headers, and I just started to feel like it was it was clicking for him. In the last couple of games, he's been very very good, and him and Ozturk are a good partnership. What I really like about Alim is, is to me, he doesn't seem to feel the pressure as much as some of the other defenders no. do, in the sense that he seems to have a really good understanding of his own game and his own limitations, and so sometimes. He will just put a ball into a channel if he thinks that's the right decision. He, do, he doesn't try and do something he doesn't feel he's capable of or isn't right, which isn't to say he's not a good player. He just doesn't seem to feel the pressure on the ball like some do. And Defend first. Yeah, and, yeah. So, and, and so he seems to make good decisions. And, you know, that second goal, it might just look like a long ball, but it's not. It's a, it's a good ball into the channel to relieve the pressure. And McNulty goes and chases it down, does really well, and it sparks a move. And 
I think that sums Aleem up. He just seems to make better decisions on the ball, which isn't to say he's a brilliant ball player. He just doesn't seem to feel the pressure yeah. and force to, himself to into doing I'm things. Play, I'm playing in front of fans like this, the ground like this. I need to ping the ball 50 yards on uh, and show people how good I am. Just, you know, I'm a defender first. And, and, that's and, what I'm and do, sometimes yeah. he'll just make a foul. He'll just bundle someone over or he'll just tug I, the shirt. Or I, get just, cons- I get concerned with his, in the, his hands, his hands yeah. in the box. He's yeah. a bit handsy from the corners. Yeah. That does concern yeah. us. You feel like if that was in the Premier League or Championship, we get pulled up every single time and give away penalties. But we, you know, we no, are with, there. With VAR, you know, well, <laughs> I don't want to get into a conversation no, with VAR. No. No. Let the people who uh, it actually affects worry about that. <coughs> We've got enough problems yeah. of our own, or have we? Um, Mark, we're not being out. Is that a problem, Phil? You, you've spoken to Jack today. That's his nickname, is it? Just shot it down, Jack Ross, Jass. Um... We have another league game. This is League One, and the games come thick and fast. You you mentioned earlier that you're encouraged by the performances uh, of Ledbetter and McGeoch to be the the sitting midfielders who pull the strings, and then Dobson and Powers to be uh, Power to be the ones who get around the pitch. So, with a squad like ours, you would expect expect him to, to freshen things up, perhaps. And in the case of McNulty, he's going to have to. Yeah, I, I do think it's a blow to be fair because I think coming off the back of a win like that, and then the Atlanta game as well. Although it's a midweek game, and you want to rotate. It did just, it does just feel like a moment where you almost just want to say, right, yeah, same again. Just going, you know, you you want to change things as little as possible after a couple of performances like that. I think, and you and know, freshen it up for the Wimbledon game, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think that's how I, I would have, have liked him to have done it. And McNulty has looked like a really good player. He, he makes the players around him look better, and you can't pay him a bigger compliment than that. But as Gareth said. White looked really good in his last couple of cameos and he had a brilliant game at Rochdale. He scored last year. Last year, that was the place where it really started to turn from him. As it was, he had another dip, but maybe it'll be a game away from home that actually suits him and and, and maybe it can be that focal point. So hopefully it won't be too much of a a blow, but I I do feel it's a real shame because it it does feel like a game where you would have really liked to have just said, right, done it against Portsmouth, let's just keep things simple, go and and do it again. They've got a great chance this week there. You know, put all that one one rubbish to bed, and that was we fell down last season because we had too many, dropped too many points against teams like if, if this, it'll like I know we beat Rochdale twice, and we beat uh, FC Wimbledon twice last season, so not the greatest example in isolation, <laughs> but. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know, we dropped points against... Lots of crap league you know, one Bristol teams, Rovers yeah. We know what you're getting. Teams like yeah. that last season. Now, we 
now is the time to say we're beating Portsmouth and then we follow it up and we get bang, we beat them, we beat them, three wins in a week. We'll be in, you know, top four probably as a result of that. And then we're going right, that start of the season and Jack Ross can puff his chest out and go, Well, what were you worried about? Why why were you put why were you mourning about it? So hopefully he is doing that and hopefully he is uh you know, rubbing critics' noses in it. Like, you know, we I think the criticism is fair relatively speaking because of you know the the end of last season and the start of this season and the stuff with the systems and everything but again I said before you win don't matter mm. people don't twist is there still a concern with the fullbacks um left well, back we, 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 we've got a player he brought in to play on the right side of the central of a centre of a back three playing left back who um he was, he was better, better on Saturday, but an accurate nick of a penalty away because he because of his position and he was on the wrong side and he looked like a fish out of water. Um, and then we have got Lugo Nine, who who is a midfielder. Let's not forget, and there's a concern in that he remains to be our best left uh, best right back option. I, if that, if if people have that opinion, fair enough. But I just don't think he's seen as a midfielder anymore. I just think he is now viewed by Jack Ross and everyone at Sunderland as a right back. And okay. Jack, Jack can talk you through why he thinks he's a he's a good right back, his attributes, his stats, all that kind of stuff. I just I think that's just how he is seen now. I think he is. You can have your opinion on whether he should be a midfielder and whether they can do better with a right back, but I just don't believe anymore that he is filling in at right back. I think he is coming to the season as a right back and to play as, as a right back, and I just think that's where he where he is for now. Um, they do need another left back, but I thought it was really. Really, really good to get Denver Hume yeah, back straight on. back on the pitch yeah. because it's one of those where if you leave him out for quite a while and then you put him back in, he's going to feel so much pressure, out of rhythm to get him straight back on after what happened last week. And I thought he did okay. He didn't have to do anything particularly well, he played like significant, wing, really, didn't he? but he did all right. And I thought that was really, really good management. I thought it almost just nips it in the bud a little bit. Yes, you need to go out and get another one. Of course you do. But it just means that you don't, necessarily have that fear again of putting Denver back in you've got them back in the, onto the pitch you've nipped that kind of in the bud I thought that was I thought that was really good management let's not forget that Denver Hume played very well before then um, he got injured last season down at Coventry um, he was having a little, he, you know he got into the team and he was there on merit um, but he's not being great this season and we do need a you know a player in that area um, whether or not It'll be somebody where he's going, I'll bring somebody in to play regularly, or whether it's somebody to just of a similar level to Denver Hume in terms it needs of ability. Be, it, needs be, it needs to be better. You, you need to be bringing a, a left back in. I think it's ready to improve an, exper- an experienced player in that position. Well, I do think we think requires. some moves have fallen through then, Phil, based off what he was saying today, Jack? Um, I'm not sure if any have necessarily fallen through since, since deadline day, but deadline day was obviously a, a little bit of a shocker in that he had four four who was kind of monitoring and they were kind of looking and saying well one or two of these will probably get a move to the championship and then we'll see if we can get one of the others and obviously all four went so that obviously leaves them uh, not maybe then because they were all loan players that maybe changes the picture does that mean you now go into the free agent market because what you perceive to be the right caliber of loan player is no longer available i'm not quite sure or do you say well hang on the position we're in, we haven't been able to get one of our loan targets. Do we now have to go and spend a bit of money? Do we have to go and get somebody else's left back? Is that the way we have to do it? So that those are what I imagine are the decisions that they're, they're making. And one thing he has said to me is that you're also dependent on certain players' availability, which can be very fluid. So it might be that someone becomes available 
for a couple of hundred grand in a couple of weeks who isn't available now and that might change the profile of the player that go and get potentially so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one but I don't know should have kept Rhys well, James would have made that yeah. lot simpler and obviously we're in a situation now where it's, you know it's come out that it looks as though we're going to get some investment and if that happened if, if that's kind of signed off to an extent whatever you want to call it maybe the there will be more money available to spend on a player before the end of the... the we don't know if a show is going to happen, though, do we? But, well, Stuart Donald's come out and said... Yeah, but that found, it was close before, wasn't it? I know, it but he well. never came out and mentioned about Mark Campbell before it happened, did he? He was still on the scene, though, well, wasn't he? Well, he was about... <laughs> yeah. You know, there was, an opportunity, there was a possibility that that could happen, but this, what I'm saying is Stuart Donald never came out and he was always very quiet about that thing, whereas he's come out at the weekend and said we've found the right people who were going to come in we believe can take the club forward so it doesn't sound like we're going to be the ones pulling out of that it sounds like they are and if it, if they if if it collapses then there's going to have to someone's going to have to come out and explain that after saying we've found the right people to take the club forward so let's see what happens in that regard but you never know some money you know it's in, I think it's interesting as well you know reading whether I'm reading too much into this or not, but obviously a bit of a recruitment drive going on as well. After a lot of obviously a lot of pe- lot of changes at the club and a lot of people seem to move away from the football club um, around you know around the place generally day to day basis. Now obviously looking to recruit, maybe that's got something to do with new investment, maybe in terms of being able to support a, more, a larger base of staff. I guess we don't know until something's officially confirmed. But obviously he's come out and spoken about it, so I don't think it's unfair to assume that something could happen. And if it does, maybe that'll change our approach. I would the, I would be amazed if it made a short-term difference in terms of transfers. I might I might be wrong. Um, I would be surprised. The, the only thing I, w- I would add on the takeover stuff is, I, w- I was mentioning to Stephen on the way over, I always, takeovers you don't really know about and then they happen. And I think it's good that whoever these people are, we've not had leaks, we've not had kind of hints about what they're going to do and how brilliant they're going to be. Whoever they are, are just getting the deal done. And I think that's a really good sign because yeah. that's well, what people who are... Let's hope we've got lots of money. Well, we, we, we can't know that for certain until we until it's you know all confirmed and what have you, if it is indeed confirmed. But just as a general point, having you know worked in football journalism for a little while, the takeovers takeovers that happen generally don't get leaked and poured over and discussed in detail before they happen and there's plenty of clubs who, who can provide examples of that so from a starting point I like the fact that it suggests to me that they're they're serious because they're just working at getting the deal done and that's mm. that's how it should be. Instead of letting the ego take control and saying not being able to keep it from everybody yeah no you're right and, and that's what people say generally. Uh, just back to the game uh, at Rochdale that we, we, we kind of touched on it and I think we all suggested minimal changes would be preferred. Do we think that's going to be the case? So he obviously has to make one up front. We'd be surprised if that wasn't Charlie White, right? I would just think he'd, you know, he might. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if Dobson came in at the middle for for Ledbetter or something like that. Maybe I, just to freshen. I, w- it I wouldn't be surprised if Dobson replaced Power just because Power well, obviously well, yeah. missed a lot of yeah. preseason and this would be his third you third could, yeah. start in seven days. So you can't see him not playing either McGeoch or Ledbetter, can you? I think I think Ledbetter will play again. I, th- I think to me it looks at the moment like it's got to be one of the two in each one, if that makes sense. To the balance of the side, that looks like how it has to be. So those those would be the only two I would expect. 
Wyke, you would think, is ahead of Grigg at the moment, judging from what we've seen. And then I do think there's a slim chance that maybe Dobson will come in for power. But other than that, everyone deserves to keep their place, in my opinion. So providing they're fit, I, I can't see why he would change it. And there needs to be foot on the throat, doesn't it? You, you can't, you know, you can't make a statement like that beating somebody like Paul. When fans were going into the game fearing the worst, perhaps, or, or certainly not feeling confident, fearing the worst, perhaps, is a, maybe a bit strong, but not feeling confident about the game. Uh, we didn't play well for the first twenty minutes, but then we generally control the game and looked all right. So we got through it, and we we now can't rest on our laurels at all. We really, really now need to make these next two games pay, and that's where Sunderland fell short last season, wasn't it? not being able to string these wins together against these sides. Yeah, they, they had one long winning run in... Right, in sort of October, November. Time, yeah, sort of autumn, start of winter. And then, and then that was it, and everything else was, was wins kind of interrupted by draws. And, it, you know, it's funny, these are two sides that beat last year, and if you think that they drew away from home against all three of the sides who got promoted last year, after five games, if you go and win these two, you could say, well, we're two points better off than where we were from these fixtures last year. And, yeah, and, so, yeah. and that's how these two wins can, can very quickly change it. But we all know that if you come out with two 1-1 one, one draws, we're not going to be talking about the Portsmouth win for much longer. So, I mean, the early season, you've always got to be careful because it can swing too much on, on one game back and forth. But it's, you know, it, it is a big opportunity, as Gareth mentioned earlier, to kind of say, well, look, we're in a, we're in a good place, you know. We haven't got maximum points, but we're we're in a good place. Any teams early on that have impressed? If you're saying you don't think Portsmouth maybe look uh, or not as good as perhaps some people were predicting them. I mean, well, we're just not a one game. Right? Yeah, we're based not on online playing against us. They did win a home game. They won a cup game against Birmingham youth team quite comfortably. Um, I think, I, think uh, I really do think Lincoln are going to be right up Lincoln, there. Lincoln, yeah. I think they're just a bit of a winning machine, to be honest. They've recruited really, really well. Added a little bit of different dimension to what they had in in Adam Jack Payne and George Grant, who were two two good players. Signing them is just a sign to me that you're serious. Um, Ipswich, I just think will be there or thereabouts because I, I I don't from what I've seen they're not might not be an exceptional side, but they're quite robust. He's setting them up in a certain way that I just think they won't lose too many games. I think they might be a little bit like Sunderland were last year, um, where they just kind of they're, they're there or thereabouts. Um, well, Peterborough the interesting one because they usually have a really good start of the season and then tail off as time goes on. Whereas this year they've had a pretty pretty poor start. I mean, conceded a, a late equaliser at the weekend, didn't they? And lost the first two. Lost the first couple, so mm-hmm. they'll be. I mean, Peterborough's pe- pe- kind, kind of always the same. We we have to sit sit all summer while we get told how they've signed the best players in the world and they're going to be brilliant. Well, they got the best player in the world, can't they? Playing for them anyway. They do, yeah. Marcus Madison is apparently. Is they're all, they're all, they're all brilliant. They're all yeah. unbelievably talented, fantastic players, and they're going to tear the league up. And then do okay. What is that thing? With um, Mar- Sorry, the Marcus Madison thing. I just don't understand. I haven't why, seen why? enough of them. I know. Just why? Why? Why is it like this? Why? Is, what is this thing with Marcus Madison? Because he is from here. Is that, that probably helps? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's bad or anything. It's just weird the way like it seems. He seems to be like this, like unattainable, like world-class player or something that we need to sign or something maybe we will and then he'll score like loads of goals and, be and you'll tell him you'll remind him of how big of a challenge it is and <laughs> oh yeah if we get the opportunity bit, yeah. I'll tell him that uh, you know if he doesn't perform he'll be have Pete on his back after five games so. how confident are people then we'll wrap it up how confident are people for the Rochdale game you have to, well, if I'm he keeps it the same you've got to be confident oh, you've got to be and you've got to, you, 
we should beat anybody in this league with the, with the squad we've got. So you've got to be confident. Win every game. You have to win. Every, you have to win twenty eight games. You're going to get promoted, basically, haven't you? Really? Mm. What's that? Seventy five. Eighty four points is that? So then you took some draws in. Ten, 10 draws, 28 wins, 8 defeats, uh, gives you what, 90, 94 points, gets you promoted. So you've got to, you got to, you're going to have to find 28 wins somewhere, see so if the back. We've had one, we need 27 more. You've got to beat Rochdale, you've got to be confident you're going to beat them twice. Well, it'll be good if we could continue to turn the screw after a win and build some momentum for a change, because like you say, apart from the early parts of last season, it didn't really feel like Sunderland did that, and I think that will settle a lot of people down, players and fans. And the manager, perhaps. So Frankie should be back Thursday. Should be. I've got a should be back. I've got a, a thing to bring up. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Come up with something. So obviously we've got MSN, which is Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. We've had the SES, which is Sheringham and Shearer. Now we've got Maguire, McNulty, McGeady. What are we going to call them? Because we've got that Mc thing going on. I feel like a, a McDonald'sy vibe some somewhere. A triple Mac. Triple Mac. It's going to be like, like the Big you could, Mac. You could have this as like a listener competition. Yeah, we could. So if you've got any ideas of what you're going to call the three, the three Macs, three. There's a there's a drink. There's a cocktail called a G Mac, the three Mac, and they're all like kind of Scottish, aren't they? Well, I say kind of Scottish because McGee plays do not, do not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I think Netflix made that mistake last I'm year. I'm not opening that kind of worms. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so you got G-Mac, the three, which is Scottish like whiskey, ginger, wine, cocktail. So the three Mac. And I bet you Maguire probably enjoys a few of them from time to time. Um, I don't know. It feels like, Mac, you know. It's Maguire though, not Maguire. I know, but don't ruin it, Stephen. <laughs> it sounds like the same thing. It's phonetically correct. So, okay, well, if you've so got, you got any ideas, yeah, if we've got any inclination to do that whatsoever, then uh, drop us a tweet and let us know. Just because people are funnier than you, Stephen, doesn't mean you have to. Well, that, that's, what, that's why I've suggested a, a listening yeah. competition because I've got nothing to contribute. Yeah. So I'm hoping. So. <laughs> Not when you've just been uh, dropped in it like that and expected to come up with something. <laughs> so, uh, um, no offense, Stephen, but if I dropped that, I wouldn't give you a week to come up with something funny. Okay. Whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.